So for you personally, it can also be, did God deceive you? Or did God deceive me? The book of Second Kings chapter 4, the verse 8 to the verse 17. Pastor Peter, can you read for us? Second Kings chapter 4, verse 8 to 17. And everyone needs to follow attentively.
So it's like maybe I'm coming to your area to come and do crusade every time. If rather when I come, I go to the hotel and you decide that now Bishop cannot be going to the hotel. Maybe then then whatever it is, I want to host Bishop in my house anytime he comes to the town. And you made me a place, let's say what is called this, that place. You made it for me, and every time I come, it is for me. So that's what this woman did. This woman did for Elijah. And you you perceive that this man is the true man of God. And after the generosity of the woman to Elijah, Elijah said, This woman has been pain taken. The woman has taken pain from us. The woman has taken a lot of two out from us. What then can we do for her? And Elijah began to ask his servant Gehazi, What must we do for her? And they asked the woman, Should we make mention of you to the king or to the commander of the army? In other words, Elijah, though a prophet, had political connections. He was not just a prophet, he had political connections. So you can't just say because you are a man of God that said you not do other things. You must do business. You must have affiliations. You must have network. Alright. The man of God, should we make mention of you to the king? Or even to the commander of the army? She says no. What? She is influential. She has money already. What need does she need of a king or a commander? She, is, she has everything. She has everything money can get it. But there was one thing money couldn't get it, and that was a baby. That was a child. She did not have a child. And yet, when the man of God asked her, what should we do for you? She did not say anything. Why? Because whatever she was doing for the man of God, she was doing it without any ulterior motive. She was doing it without thinking of gaining anything in return. She was doing it wholeheartedly. Unlike some of you, when you are bringing a seed, it means you want something. The day you want to give Bishop something because you want to, you want something in return. But this woman had a different perspective. Unlike some of us, when we don't need something, we don't remember the man of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But this woman was doing it without anything in mind. Then Elijah realized, now nah, this woman has been so good to us. From the compassion of the man of God, he asked, what can we do for him? And they said, she does not have a child. And even the husband is old. Talking about the intensity of the situation and as to why she cannot even give birth. But the servant of the prophet knew what the prophet can do, even if the husband of the wife is old. So you as sheep or servants of God in the house, you must know what your man of God can do, regardless of the, how the situation presents itself as impossible. Are you here? Gehazi was a servant of Elijah, yet he did not stop there that to say that the, 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 the woman doesn't have a baby and then no. He said, the woman doesn't have a baby and the husband is old. <laughs> Don't equally limit what God can do for you through your man of God. And Elijah spoke to the woman that a year by this time, in season like this, you shall give birth and you shall embrace your child. Then the woman exclaimed, Man of God, do not deceive your handmaid. But the same woman was the same one who said, This man of God is a true man of God. Let me make her a place. Let me make him a place. Why would you know someone is a true man of God and want to make him a place and when the person speaks in your life, you doubt and you call him a liar? But the point here again is that it wasn't God that instructed the man of God to give the woman a baby. It was Elijah who wanted to bless the woman based on what the woman had done for him. 
Let's get this straight. It's, see, there are some times where God gives you an instruction as a, as a man of God based on your giftings to do something for someone. And there are some times that God will not even tell you based on your rank and authority in the spirit and the anointing of God upon your life, you can do things for people even if God hasn't told you. Oh my goodness. If, 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 if someone is, let's say for now, maybe you are going to a situation, you come to see me. I don't have necessarily have to hear God to do something for you. Out of compassion of how you and I our relationship are, I will want to help you. God did not instruct Elijah to give this woman a miracle. But Elijah knew he could give the woman a miracle based on his anointing and his rank in territory of the spirits. So when the woman, when the girls said the woman doesn't have a baby, he prophesied to the woman that you shall carry a baby and you shall embrace the baby a year by this time. God did not say, Elijah just spoke. And then verse 17 says that the woman embraced the baby a year after. The word of God for the woman came to pass. Oh. Your man of God or a man of God can give to you what he has. He doesn't necessarily have to hear from God. But the danger is that when he's beginning to give you what he has and he has not been led by the Spirit, he can lead you astray. So then, Scripture says that Peter one day met a lame man and he said, Silver and gold have I not, but what I have, I give. Elijah had connections, political connections, and he wanted to give the political connections to the woman. But the woman was not in need of the political connections to tell you the truth. Even though I am anointed by God and I have the gift of God on me right now, it is not every gift that I have that is beneficial to you. Some gifts that I have are beneficial to you and others are not beneficial to you. And even though that gift that I have is not beneficial to you, might be beneficial to another. Are you here? Oh my goodness. So, Peter said, I have not silver and gold, but what I have. He didn't say, God heal you in the name of God, wake up. He said, what I have, I give. Rise up. What the Lord has given to your man of God, when he gives it to you, it's a command for you to rise up and not to remain on the floor. So what the Lord has given to me as a message today to be given to you is for you to rise up and not for you to stay down. Again, the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Paul says something there. That by the grace of God given unto him, then he spoke unto them. And let no one think of himself highly than he ought to. Mm-hmm. Romans 12, verse 3. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Through the grace given unto me. Through the grace given unto me. To every man that is among you. To every man that is among you. Not to think of himself. Not to think of himself more highly, more highly than he ought to think of. Now please wait there. He says, I say, I say, through the grace of God given to me. In other words, what he is saying is by the grace of God. He cannot say it if the grace of God is not given to him. In other words, not everyone has been given the grace to speak into your life. It will have, some people will have to have a certain kind of grace to be able to speak into your life. Paul said, I am saying this to you because of the grace of God given to me. 
not everyone should be able to give you an advice. Because not everyone carries the grace to speak into your life. As a matter of fact, the devil even anoints people. The devil also gives grace to men. The counterfeit. So if you think everyone, because they have an ability to speak, they have the ability to speak into your life, you will have people making you trespass against the will of God for your life. So, Paul said, I have the grace. And by the grace that I have, I say, then he went to the heavens, the first heavens, second heavens, and the third heavens. And he said, what I saw in the third heavens, I am not permitted to utter. At that moment, he was not having the grace to speak to you about what he saw in the third heavens. But at that time, he has the grace to speak. So sometimes, you, you well, I want, I'm talking to you, and I'm like, I want to say something. I said, now, nah, oh dear, eh, 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 eh. So, papa, 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 say it, say it. There are some things that we are not having the grace to say to you at that point. And even if we say it, it will be irrelevant to you at that point. So don't rush any man of God to do things for you or to say things in your life. Oh, the message is, did God deceive me? When the man of God said in verse 16 that a year by this time you shall embrace your child, the woman said, don't deceive me. Because when she sees her condition, and she sees the condition of the husband, she cannot believe that she will prosper, she will give birth. Even though she knows the man of God is true. There are some times where the words of your man of God may sound like a lie to you. There are times where the, your man of God may seem like a lie to you because the situation you are in currently is contradictory to what he's saying in your life. There was a time when a guy, uh, Minister James Spring, uh, we're having a meeting and the Lord says he's going to travel, he's going to do this at the time. And he said at that point he had no intention of traveling, he had nothing, he did not think of it. So at that point to him, he might say that I am a liar. <laughs> he might think I am a liar. But we did that same with the next week, he began to make a process and now he has a job in Dubai. There was another lady also who is currently working at GH1. When we prophesied to her, she made when she was giving her testimony at the Tuesday service, she said, Papa But later on she went into it and she saw the friend and then it was she was connected to get a job at G1 and be a presenter. There are some times where your man of God may be speaking to you, and because that thing is not happening in your life at that instance, it may look like he is lying to you. It may look like God deceived you. Oh my goodness. So sometimes a testimony may take like five years to a, a, a miracle or a prophecy, a blessing in your life may take like five years to make to make manifest, and yet the prophet of God has prophesied to you, and you think you are receiving it now. And it did not happen at that time that the man of God prophesied. So the man of God says three. He says three months. Three months came and you didn't receive it. You don't think maybe it can happen in three and uh, in three years. And you just Debunk the prophecy because three months came, it did not happen. The woman said, Do not deceive me. There are sometimes when many of us have felt like God has deceived us. <laughs> One way or the other, we have received a prophecy that never made manifest itself. And we said, Is it not God that spoke to me about this? Is it not God that spoke to this man of God? Is it not God that showed me this vision? Did God deceive me? 
1 of God, verse 18 to verse 20, please. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 18 to 20. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 18 to 20. Yes, please. The word of God. When the child had grown up, oh, no, no, no. he went out one day with his father. So the child had grown up. Mm-hmm. But he said to his father, mm-hmm. My head, my head. This same miracle that the prophet prophesied to the woman. This same prophecy had been made manifest physically and in flesh. And the child had grown and gone to the field to join the reapers at the farm. And scripture says that he began to complain, My father, my father, my head is aching me. And the father quickly sent a servant to send him to the mother. And the verse 20 said that, And the mother placed him on his knees, on her knees, and he sat there till noon. And at noon, the child died. At noon, the child died. Ah, God, I was my son where I did my death. And you said you will give me a son. I did not ask you for a son. I was my son when I came to church. And you sent your man of God to prophesy to me. And he said A, B, C, D. And yet this thing hasn't happened. God, I was my son when. This woman was just somewhere, only doing what she can do for the man of God. And the man of God says that you shall have that child. The prophecy came to pass. But the bad news again is that the woman now had the child died after some age. How bad is it to have your child die in your own arms? The child was sitting on the lap of the mother complaining, my head, my head, my head. And the child died on the laps of the mom at 12 o'clock at noon. Oh my goodness. There are days where God will give you a miracle. There are days where God will give you a blessing. There are days where God will give you a prophecy and yet it may look like a lie. Because of the things that are surrounding that miracle. Because of the things that are surrounding the vision that you received. There are many times that we feel as though God has deceived us. There are some people when they look at the situation around their marriage. And the marriage they received. They receive as a result of a prophecy, as a result of the blessings of God. And yet the things that are going on, they ask themselves, is it God that really said, did God deceive me or not? There are things about your life, even relationship, whatever it is, you might have heard the name, you might have seen the person in a vision, you might have been prophesied to one way or the other. And yet the things going on, you ask yourself, did God lie to me? Did God lie to me? You receive a job and something is happening around the job and you ask yourself, did God lie to me? There are some times that a blessing can come to you in the form of a curse. Oh my goodness. The blessing can present itself, the miracle can present itself like a curse. Because of the unrest, because of the pain you have received through that miracle. And it's making the miracle look like a curse. Imagine you being told that you are going to receive a car. And perhaps, let's quantify, perhaps, let's quantify a car as a blessing. And every day that car is giving you a problem. That car is taking more money from you than it's supposed to even bring. That car is, is causing you a lot of problems that is supposed to even help your, your, your movements. Then you begin to see it as a case. That a blessing. It's Which Which is which? When I met this person, when I met the person, is it good or not meeting the person at all is what is good? You begin to ask yourself questions. 
and it even goes to an extent of God. God, did you deceive me? I have been there before. Whether relationship, whether education, whatever it is you may see, I have been there before. I have been at the point where a seed has been, a renowned man of God, a seed has been placed on us. <laughs> Jacket was removed, a mantle was removed and placed. It doesn't materialize. Did God deceive us? No, He did not. We have a role to play. There are things that may be going on in your life, and you'll be asking, Is this really, really the will of God for me? The door, the money. You'll be asking, Is this really, really the will of God for me? Your plans. Is this really, really the will of God for me? <laughs> Did God deceive me? There are some people that they received a prophecy that they were going to marry this person and this person and this person and this and this will happen. Their marriage is going to be glorious. And yet when they get home and after they got married, the man has been beating the woman. Did God deceive her? Did God deceive her? several dreams about your partners and yet it did not work out did God deceive you <laughs> you have no idea the number of things I've seen in the dream <laughs> and the number of things people have seen in their dreams and they have told me that it is me <laughs> ah! did it work out did God deceive us Did God deceive me? The place He said you will be, you you you, you said bring a prayer point right on the paper where you want to be on this year. You wrote it and it's as though it did not happen. Did God deceive you, or did God not hear you at all? It's a kind of sow this seed. You sow the seed and still nothing happened. Did God deceive you? <laughs> oh my goodness. There may be circumstances surrounding the miracle God has given you. And it doesn't mean that God has deceived you. It is just a process that you must go through for your pruning to attain the end goal. When God speaks to you, there is a need for you to receive clarity. When you are being prophesied to, and for instance, as I prophesy to you and I tell you that I know you understand what I am saying. Listen, if you don't understand, ask me for clarity. Don't assume you understand. Because there are some things I can't say in public. And because of the fact that I can't say in public, I will expect that you know what I am saying based on some jargons I will use in your life. But if you still don't understand it, find a way to ask me for more clarity so that you will not assume and then begin to blame God if God lied to you. Because the man of God prophesied to the woman that you shall have a child a year by this time. He did not lie. But as to if the child will die, the man of God did not say. 
As to him, the, the child will live for a very long time. The man of God did not say. The man of God only said, you shall have a child a year by this time. You shall embrace. And again, when the child was on the last of the mother, he was embraced by the mother. More information wasn't given. Scripture says we see in parts and we prophesy in parts. So when information comes in parts, you must seek for clarity. You must seek for the full information. Else you will miss it and you will think God has deceived you. When a prophecy is given to you that you will travel at this year, you will go to this place, don't just be excited. Ask for clarity. If I travel and I go, what will happen to me there? How will my life be over there? Don't just be excited and begin to work on passport, begin to work on visa. What will happen to me there? So it won't look like God deceived you. Oh, Shalababa. You are going to marry this person. What is going to happen in the marriage? So I prophesy to you, marry ABCD, and you're going to have a glorious marriage. How glorious is it going to be? In what area is going to be glorious? In what area will not be glorious? The fact that you will have a prophesied marriage doesn't necessarily mean that you will enjoy the marriage because it's a prophecy. You must ask for clarity. Tell someone, ask for clarity. Hmm. The woman did not ask for clarity. She rather was attacking the man of God. Why do you deceive me? And the miracle happened, and she lost the miracle. And after she lost the miracle, scripture says in the verse 27 to the verse 28, she ran to the man of God and helped the life of the man of God. Said, Man of God, did I not tell you not to deceive me? Verse 28. <laughs> she went and held the leg of the man of God. And fell at the feet of the man of God. He said, did I not tell you not to deceive me? Did I not tell you not to deceive me? Mm. That's why sometimes one can a yes woman. Sometimes one shell woman a yes woman shell woman. Did I not tell you not to deceive me? I don't know which area of your life that you have gone to that you felt like you have been deceived by God, by man, by woman, by anyone. But I believe sure that there are some points of your life where you have felt deceived. It could be even a business. You have been prayed for. You have sold all the seeds and the business is not moving how it must move. Did God deceive you? Says where our souls will reap, and yet you, your own, you are not reaping. Did God deceive you? Did God deceive you? I want to ask the question because in this stage where we feel as though God has deceived us, the approaching stage where we have to work on our faith to be able to get clarity. Because when I was in SHS. I had seen someone I will mind. The person has already given birth with someone already. When I was in university, I had seen someone I will marry. <laughs> now too, I have seen who I will marry. So, which is which? I believe you've been in my situation before, or if you like my situation. 
We have seen plenty. But you see, because we don't ask for clarity, we are excited. I want to ask you a question. Because sometimes when the blessing comes, there is a controversy that surrounds that blessing that makes the blessing look like a burden upon our lives. The Lord says every child is a blessing from God, right? Now the other day, Bible and then the disciples met Jesus Christ after he had healed a, a, a cripple and they asked Jesus. Why is he a cripple? Is it because of the fault or the sins of the parents or the sins of the ancestors? And Jesus said, it is none of those things, but it is for the glorification of God that he be a cripple. The question again, God, you said every child is a blessing from God. Was the, the, the child or the man a cripple in the mother's womb? Yes. Did God see that he was a cripple? Now let me ask you. Was the man a cripple in the mother's womb according to scripture? Yes or no? Oh, it is yes. Just in case you don't read that story. But the question is, if he was a cripple in the mother's womb, did God know about it? Yes or no? Come on, church. Yes or no? God knew about it. When the child was being given birth to as a cripple, did God see it? Yes or no? Yes. But did God do anything about it when he was being born? Did God do anything about it? So, in quotes, how is a cripple, a blessing. Every child is a blessing from God. And yet someone has given birth to a cripple and you expect the person to accept that cripple as a blessing. And when people are coming for naming ceremony and it, it passes one year, and they begin to ask you those questions. Will you still consider it as a blessing from God or you think God has deceived you? How many of us are praying that we will not give birth to any person with a disability? <laughs> Was he a blessing or a curse to the family? Even us who have no disability have a level of burden we place on our parents. Let alone people with disabilities. Do you remember the numbers they bought for you? The number of napkins they had to buy? The, 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 the things they had to buy to feed you? You alone, your milk is expensive. Your dress. Every Christmas they have to buy you something. Oh, the kind of things you started in the room. The number of things you broke in the room that they had to buy. The number of times your father had to go and buy a TV because you broke the TV. <laughs> so were you a burden or you were a blessing at the time? Even now, are you a blessing to your parents or you are a curse or a burden to your parents? Will your parents look at you and ask if God has deceived them or God has given them a blessing? The people around you, would they say that you are a burden in their life or a blessing in their life? To answer the question of the cripple, the guy was a blessing. But in the blessing, there is a burden attached to every blessing. There is a blessing attached to every marriage. Marriage on its own is a blessing. He that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Hmm. There is favor in marriage. There is blessing in marriage. 
Oh, there is sweetness in marriage. Solomon will make you aware. <laughs> Most of us are not married, so I'll not go to the book of Solomon right now. <laughs> but then, scripture goes ahead to make us informed that you cannot be too in a place without any argument or without any quarrel. There is a form of burden attached to marriage. So he says that if you are going to build a house, you must first count the cost. You must first count the cost. Even though it's a blessing, you must first count the cost before you start. Shall two work together unless they be agreed? There is a form of burden attached to every miracle and the blessing we will receive or we have received. But it is unto us to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit to overcome that burden. That those burdens don't hit us down. But rather we will be uplifted in faith. The business you are in. Is it a blessing? Or a curse? Will you consider what you have as a care simply because of the burdens you are going through? Or you will consider it a blessing that has a level of suffering attached to it that you must overcome and go through through the Holy Spirit? There is a blessing in ministry. I've been called to pastor by the grace of God. It's a blessing. It is the greatest privilege a man will have on earth to be called as an ambassador of Christ. Not just an ambassador, but to be chosen among the many to steward his sheep, prepare them for his coming. It is the greatest privilege. But does he have burden? Yes, of course. More burden than you think of. But would that burden negate the blessing that it is? Imagine the testimony they came to give you. Can it be compared to the problem in a ministry? Never. Can your burden be compared to the blessings God has given you? Never. Therefore, God did not deceive you. God did not deceive you. You will just have to allow yourself to be proved and build up your faith. Build up your faith. Because in the verse 34, downward scripture says, And Elijah sent his son Gehazi to send his staff and place by the boy. Before he, Elijah will come. When Gehazi sends the staff, scripture says nothing happened. The man of God allowed his servant, Gehazi, to send the staff with the mentality that when you send my staff, when you send my mantle to the baby, the baby will resurrect. When Gehazi sends the baby to the father, to the, when Gehazi sent the staff to the baby, the baby never stood up. Nothing happened. There are sometimes when you sow seeds, you will pray prayers, you will fast the fast, you want to fast, and yet nothing will happen. And to be as though God is silent about the situation. Sometimes you could be praying about one thing and now you are faith, you are tired. You could be solving something and you are tired. You've done all you can. God is not listening. He seems as though. It may look like the man of God is a liar. Because he sends the star and the guy did not resurrect. 
Imagine how the woman will look like at the prophet. Father, how long will I wait for the manifestations of the prophecy that you've given me? How long? The woman waited for the prophet to come finally. And scripture says the prophet lay on the child. Then the child received life. Tonight or today I have been sent as the prophet of God for you. That any prophetic word God has given you that is dead in your life, let it come back to life in the name of Jesus. Oh, are you with me at all? Let it come back to life. Any prophecy you have received that is looks as though God has forgotten that He said A B C D, I declare, let it come back to life. Any miracle that it seems as though is a curse in your life. Any blessing that seems as though is a curse in your life, I declare over you as a prophet of God that let it come back to life. Say, I declare life to any prophecy that I have been given. Life, 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 life. Can you see that? There was one thing that I kept telling myself whilst I was in school that I would not allow any Muslim to pass me in exams because how will it happen? But I go into competition with someone in court of different faith or an unbeliever and then they pass me. How will I present my God to them? What will be what will be my evidence that they should come to where I am? Where I am is better. What will be my evidence? There must be an evidence on us in our business that when we go out there to even preach to the unbelievers and we tell them the God that we serve made my business this way, they can come. But if an unbeliever is doing well than you, a Christian, what is your evidence to draw them to you? You must be better. If you are going to talk to God or going to talk to the unbeliever, you go to a house and the house, the, the wife and the husband, they are fighting. And as they are fighting in the house, you enter the house to go and preach the gospel. What will you say? What will you say? When you yourself in your house, you have been fighting every day. What will you say to them? You take your shame away. Because you cannot tell them that when you come to God, your problem is solved. Because you yourself, your body is not solved. We must rise on the equation and allow God to prune us and build our faith, to overcome our weaknesses, to build up our faith. So it doesn't look like God deceived us. Because we can get to a point where God himself is ashamed to call us his God. Uh, I will prove to you in scripture. There are people God is ashamed that they call themselves his children, even though they are believers. You know when they can say the God of Desmond, the God of Elijah, the God of Moses, the God of Jacob, the God of Abraham. And yet there are some people when they call that my God, God is ashamed. Why? They have no desire to make themselves better. So they make God look like a liar. So ask yourself, if we should say right now that the God of joy, will God be proud or God will be ashamed? 
the God of Gomez will God be proud or God will be ashamed. The book of Hebrews 11 verse 16. So it doesn't be, it doesn't be as though I'm teaching from my own opinions. But scripture says this, Hebrews 11 verse 16. Nothing 
shall break it down. We must allow God build us up. We must allow God build us up. If, if we don't do so, what will happen is that we will allow our weaknesses make God look like a liar. Our weaknesses can make God look like a liar. Because if Pastor Peter has a weakness in terms of doubting the prophetic word of God, and I prophesied to him about MDCD, and because he doubts, he doesn't work on it. Tomorrow, when you see the year that was spoken, and it doesn't happen, you will think that God lied to him. So because of his weakness in terms of doubting, he has made God look like a liar. And some of us have made God look like a liar by so many times going away from the will of God for our lives. So many times doubting the prophetic word of God for our lives. Thinking our way is better. Mm. You are even praying. The mother of God says, let us pray about this. And whilst you are praying, you know you are doubting. But you are praying because everyone is praying. You don't want to see bad. There are many prayer points you have prayed. That you didn't, you didn't agree with the prayer point, but you pray because everyone is praying. Mm. Let us not make God look like a liar with our own weaknesses. Let us not allow our weaknesses into the prophetic word of God and what God is building with us. Let us not allow our weaknesses come into the miracle that God is giving to us. Come on. Let us become better. Let us become better. You must desire and make a decision from today. I must become better. I must become better. In my health, I must become better. In my political agenda, I must become better. In every agenda of my life, I must become better. Even in my marriage, I must become better. In my parental life, parenting children, I must become better. When will I have a meeting with my sons and daughters to tell me if I'm becoming better or not? I don't want God to be ashamed to call me his own. I don't want God to call me that he is ashamed to be called my God. Because I must become better. I must become better. I must become better. If I'm aiming 100 cities a day, I must become better. That is my that may be my job at the instance, but I must add something to it to make it beyond 100 cities. I must become better. I must become better. Can you please be outstanding? Oh, Makoba Shatalana Gradias. Lebron Tanaba Tosha Televerdias. Lebron Tonomogodono Gobran.